When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. My three words for this baffling, embarrassing, and infuriating. Yeah. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Any sports show or hosts can make predictions, but these guys keep a record of theirs. Gentlemen, we are keeping score. Believing in their prognosticating abilities so much. Listen now as Phil, Judd, and Dave write that down. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, gentlemen. Let's pump it up around here, okay? Enough of this Wolves negativity. Actually, my first prediction is Wolves negativity. <laughs> you were up till 1 a.m. Yes, that is true. Sorry, sorry, but I don't think uh, I don't think you're going to be able to get past your um, <clears throat> uh, your current feelings about this basketball team to pump things up. Yeah, this is a. It's okay because you got it's interesting a, night for it's yours, a large it's a large therapy group. We've established that. Yeah, I can't tell if it's a therapy group or like an enabling group, but I guess we'll find out here in the coming days. So if you're new to this segment, we make predictions every week and we put them on the record. We keep track of them and we hold each other accountable with batting averages, unlike every other sports talk show where they just make dumb predictions and then if they're wrong, they bury their head in the sand. No, no, no. We hold each other accountable every Friday in this segment. And we uh, we open up for listener predictions as well. If you want to offer up a write that down prediction anytime during the week, send us an email, Mackie and Judd at fifteen hundred ESPN dot com, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll put the best ones on the radio. Let's uh, let's start with let's uh, we have uh, one one from a listener that came off the board, one from Dave, and a few from both me and Judd. We'll start with the listeners. Finn predicted he actually emailed this in after the show was over last Friday, but it came off the board, before, so. Uh, we didn't give him credit for this on the air in terms of his prediction, but he predicted correctly that Royce would complain about Circle Me Bert on the radio, yeah. which is a seeing eye single if I've ever seen yeah, one. Yeah, I was going to say. But Finn, you're on the board. Congratulations. Uh, Dave he predicted. bunted with the shift on. I'm offended by that right there. Okay, down. Dozier. Calm down. I'm offended. Uh, Dave predicted. Oh, you were here by Circle. That the Wolves would win at least 50 games this year. Unless we count playoffs, that's now mathematically impossible. Playoffs, preseason, <laughs> NBA 2K, <laughs> summer league, summer league, you want summer league, league? You in Vegas, nice summer league, D league, G league, whatever we call it, <laughs> I'll take them all. Uh, let's see, Judd, you uh, predicted that Lomo would hit a home run in the Twins opener at Target Field, the home opener. He didn't even play. No, he did not. Did not get in the game. You said Dozier would sign an extension with the Twins before the season started. And I haven't looked at his goal tally lately, but I'm going to assume that Chris Stewart is not going to get to 25. 
Yeah, that would be accurate. Okay. Yeah. What's do we do we know what he's at right now? No. Okay. He's not. But it's not twenty five. No. You yeah. get really excited for Chris Stewart's first week this season. Well, he scored like five goals, right? And, and then he got waved and picked up by Calgary. So Calgary, excited. in his first game there, put him on the first line. I was excited again. <laughs> um, and then I predicted Kyle Gibson will not be on the Twins roster to start the season. Eddie Rosario will be traded before the 2018 season. That was from like over a year ago. But the Wolves would finish with the three seed in the West. That UConn women would win the title by 20 points. But I salvaged by saying Houston would finish ahead of Golden State in the regular season standings. Yes! A little double, I mean, but the, but Golden State got injured and stuff. I predicted that before the Steph Curry injury, and they were they were neck and neck. Yeah. Uh, so with that, the batting averages you're, are as you're follows. You're missing one. For me, that was wrong. I Ooh, pre- self-reporting. Yeah, I, I predicted the Wolves. I predicted at some point in time, in fact, we were in... It, it was the uh, good old days in the Target Center cage. I predicted a three seed for the Wolves, and they would play OKC in the first round of the playoffs and win. I, Are you sure about that? I re- remember doing it. Yeah. Well, let me go. It through sounds this. familiar. Yeah. No, I definitely did because you guys were very impressed that I went that far out in a limb, and I said, ah, "This team's good." Do you know when? Because you said, uh, "Here's here's your Wolves predictions." That oh, I just have. give them a loss. Don't don't look for it. Hold on here. Hold on here. here January twelfth. You said Wolves will make playoffs. Okay, the, the Wolves will beat, on January 12th, I said the Wolves are going to beat OKC in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, the, what I had you uh, predicting so, was... The, I didn't say three seed, but I... Here's what you predicted uh, on the official sheet. The Wolves will finish with 45 or more wins this season, mm-hmm. and the Wolves will be the Wolves will finish as a five seed and win a first round series. Okay. Well, they're not going to play. That's how you OKC, right? So oh, wow. at least one but of them's you, wrong. But you didn't say OKC in the official prediction. You must have hedged. <laughs> I must have hedged. Just bad reporting from one of you guys. Well, I mean, I write it. I I literally type it in as it is. It is spoken from Judd's mouth. I'm just yeah. saying my Wolves predictions are all going to be wrong as well. So <laughs> I'll take the I'll take the L now in hopes of making up the ground. Later. What did I have off the board this week? Uh, we already uh, we took uh, Wolves will win at least fifty games for you. I had more than that. Really? Oh yeah. What's going on? With okay. This? What 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 do you think you had? Well, I know I nailed one for the final four, a three game parlay with Michigan beating Loyola by at least ten. Villanova you know what? Winning and then Villanova beating Michigan in the final. You're right. You're 100 percent right. Yes. Listen, the scorekeeper was outraged over the Timberwolves while he was trying to put this together. The scorekeeper last night. was drunk. Okay. Just admit it. You started about. <laughs> 10.45, you started drinking heavily. You couldn't take it anymore. Dave, that's a pretty good... So you said Michigan double digits, Nova wins, Nova beats Michigan. I think all of that together is a triple for Dave. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's pretty that. good. I was thinking triple. That's pretty good. Uh, did our UConn predictions come off the board? Yeah, you said UConn will win the women's uh, NCAA tournament. And you said yeah, they'd win by 20, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I was in a blind rage last I mean, night. Honest to God, are you even paying yeah, attention? I'm What's sorry. going on here? I'm sorry. I, have, I There are no excuses I don't want this. the job, but I, I feel like it really <laughs> fell through the cracks this sorry. week. I won't do it, but if, if we could outsource this now. I was drinking heavily in the third quarter while trying to put this together. Okay, <laughs> Stella so, perhaps could start to keep track of this. So with that, Dave is hitting 438 and slugging 844. Still uh, still riding high over that 400 mark. Feeling good about that. Judd, 268, slugging 585. I'm still Jeez. toiling at 225, slugging 400. The listeners are hitting 333 and slugging 667. Nice. So let's fly through these predictions, Write it down. You like writing things With down. Doogie on the horizon here. Okay. Uh, no surprise here, but my first prediction involves uh, Miguel Sano 
who will, you can write this down, establish the single-season big league strikeout record this year, passing wow. passing the 223 strikeouts uh, by Mark Reynolds in 2009. Okay. New strikeout so record. So he will be the strikeout them. king of all time. Basically, if he stays healthy, he will break this Correct, record. which is, yeah. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. David? Let's go completely negative here regarding both the Wild and the Wolves. Let's see. Combined, they've got four games left in the regular season. The Wild have at least four games in the playoffs. We'll see if the Wolves have playoffs game remaining. The total number of wins combined between the two teams for the rest of the season, regular and post, will not exceed three. Wow. Okay, so it will be three or fewer. Okay. All right. So Wolves-Memphis, maybe Wild wins a couple games in a playoff series or something, and then well, you, you take maybe them. maybe they don't. They'll okay. the conference finals to start with four victories, my man. Feeling very down right now. I'm like Phil. Well, I'm going to piggyback off you. <laughs> Write this down. Jimmy Butler will play tonight. He will play. Last night it will cause Jimmy. If Jimmy Butler was on the fence before that game in Denver, he suited up and was active and just didn't play. There's no way he's going to be able to sit out these back-to-backs after watching what happened in the second half last night. So he will play tonight, and he will shoot 30% or less from the field, and the Wolves will lose to the Lakers. I love this show. Wow. Today. Jimmy Butler will play tonight. Will shoot thirty percent or less, and the Wolves will lose to the Lakers. Oh boy, I feel we'll so at home with this show. Write this today. down. <laughs> Sorry, um, Ryan Suter, wild defenseman, will not play in the first game of the regular season for his team in 2018-19. This is awfully positive. This injury, wow. this injury he suffered right which he told Russo would have would have ended my career if I played baseball or soccer or football will not allow him to be back for the Wild on opening night next season. Well, this is just a bundle of joy here. Uh, oh, I got more. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Two years in a row now, they have burned me, the UConn women, uh, in the NCAA championship prediction. I'm not even waiting until the tournament this time. <laughs> Next year, the UConn women will win the NCAA women's <laughs> basketball championship. But I'm going to go further than that. I'm going to go all chalk. Duke will win the men's championship as well. Everyone's going to, you know, I'm going to go further than that. Oh, my God. Alabama Woo! wins the uh, uh, national title in football, too. All chalk across the board. <laughs> Everyone's going to hate it. It's a home run if it happens. Okay. It's a home run if it happens. <laughs> <laughs> write this down. Write it down. You like writing oh. things down. All right, write this down. We're going to go all combat or scripted combat for my last two predictions here. <laughs> Connor McGregor, despite what Dana White has been saying the last 24 hours since the the assault incident where he threw a, he threw a I don't know, a whatever that was. A cart through a window. Right, through a bus window. Conor McGregor will fight in the UFC before the end of this calendar year. He's never going to fight again. It's a disgrace. No, he will fight again in the UFC. And it'll make a ton of money. For a ton of money before the end of 2018. All right, Judd. Write it down. You like writing things down. There will be a credible report this season. And I I will find this. But there will be a credible report. So not just uh, arbitrary tweet or blog. That Miguel Miguel Sano's weight has reached 300 pounds or more. (laughs) <laughs> At some point in time during the course of this baseball season, there will be so credible Star Tribune, Pioneer Press, 1500 ESPN, The Athletic. Well, you can't report it because otherwise it's right. It's no, no, be, can't be you. No, but I'm saying pass it along to there will more. be there will be a credible report that the man's weight is 300 pounds or more. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. 
I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. I'm going to need Judd to leave the studio, if you oh, would, please. Let's save it for the end, then. Okay. So let's do, okay, we'll do some, li- I'll do mine, the listener, and then, and then Fair we can, enough. okay. Um, uh, my last one, it's very simple. Write this down. Roman Reigns will beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania clean. So no funny business, no outside interference, a no clean foreign objects. It'll be a clean pin. Yeah, no cheating with foreign objects. Former clean, Viking Roman Reigns, right? And former Viking Brock Lesnar. Yes. Wow. Clashing for a championship at WrestleMania. Roman mm-hmm. Reigns will win clean right. over Brock Lesnar. Uh, here's a few listener predictions for the week. Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com if you want to submit. This one's from Josh F. He says, Jose Barrios will have at least one no-hitter and at least one perfect game this season for the Twins. Oof. Write this down. Really? That's now that's big. separate because if he throws a perfect game, he would also then have to throw a, a separate no-hitter. So we're going out for a home run there. Um, let's see. The dude predicts the Twins will finish a sweep of the Mariners. Now that might have to wait until like August if they have a makeup date or something, but he's on the record. And this is impressive. This is from Nate M. This is a seven-pick WrestleMania parlay. Write that down. Unprecedented in Write That Down history. Roman Reigns beats Brock Lesnar. AJ Styles beats Shinsei, uh, retains the title over Shinsuke Nakamura. Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey beat Triple H and Stephanie. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens beat Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. Asuka defeats Charlotte for the women's title. Finn Balor wins the uh, Intercontinental title. And uh, Rusev wins the U.S. title in a fatal four-way. A seven-item WrestleMania. Feels like someone saw a script. That's all I know. Hey, anything can happen, okay? Anything can happen. All right, you need to leave the room. Okay. I'm going to get coffee, but I was thinking of doing a three or four match parlay until I saw that one come in. I can't compete with seven match yeah. parlay. That's incredible. We had a couple other emailers try for like the three match parlay, but no. Now that we have a seven match parlay. All right. This he, is very simple. He has left the room. Two part Judd prediction. First, uh, part one uh, when we play our game show today, you guys are going to be paired up with uh, competitors. Mm hmm. Phil, your guy, you and your teammate will beat Judd and his teammate. That's okay. part one. That's a cinch. Part two, during questions today, I will ask for an official Wild v. Jets playoff prediction. Judd will say Jets in five. Wow. Okay. Judd will predict Jets in five. Amazing. And we're doing, in order, we're going to be doing game game show probably before questions today. So we're going to, yeah, this is going to be a lot of drama. A lot Great. of parlay action going uh, on. Doogie with a scoop when we come back. Mackie and Judd are back. I've been waiting for this for a long time. On 1500 ESPN. His name is Darren Doogie Wolfson. He works for 5 Eyewitness News, KSTP.com, and he has a podcast. It's called The Scoop, and you can find it. Great interviews with local and national sports figures, local sports inside information. You can find it on uh, Apple Podcasts, 1500ESPN.com, the new mobile app, KSTP.com, anywhere you would uh, generally find podcasts. And Doogie... I was up till one o'clock in the morning last night, just stewing, tweeting, just playing over the Jeff Teague two and a half hour dribbling performance. It was magnificent, by the way, for him to dribble for two and a half hours straight like that. Uh, very impressed by Jeff Teague. All right, just the floor is yours, Timberwolves. Well, I mean, I was right there with you, not nearly as depressed, but you and I had a little back and forth at about twelve thirty-five a.m. on Twitter. So, I mean, I was all in on watching the game last night. In fact, I love these nine thirty tip-offs. Wife is asleep. Two kids are asleep. So I can be locked in. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I thought Denver should have won by more. I think Denver had a bunch of good looks, especially early. 
I mean, the Wolves' defense has been pathetic all year long. I mean, outside of about a nine-game stretch, 12-game stretch. I mean, really, you look at the body of work, Tibbs' body of work now, what, 100 and, let me do the math, 60 games, right? I mean, he's coached 159 or 60 games. Outside of an eight-game stretch, 10-game stretch, they have played zero defense. It is amazing to me how often the opposition has 80 to 90 points after the third quarter. Just stop somebody. So, I mean, that's what stood out to me, that I thought Denver actually should have won by more. I mean, we can nitpick the Murray, you know, forcing the foul, the sixth foul from Cat. I heard you in the first hour, Judd. Yeah, I mean, Towns needs to stop complaining. It doesn't help him. He's not the only player. There are many players that constantly, well, let me... Let me. I don't want to make the mistake you did in the first hour, Phil. Well, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> almost dropping an F. I, I was about did, yeah. to drop maybe a swear <laughs> word there, but he just he complains far too much. Uncle Mercy, enough, Carl. Okay, can you? You're super plugged in to the to the Wolves organization and to just to the NBA landscape. I need someone to sell me on Tom Thibodeau, and I was super excited two years ago. I I mean it it just feels like he wears on the entire organization. There's obviously no defensive. Uh, prowess that's being communicated to the players in a way where they can internalize it. Like they're either incapable or just he's a bad teacher. You know what? I know that he's got three years and $24 million left. So he's got a hefty load left here and he is the visionary for this franchise now because he's got all the power. But like, I I just don't, I don't think he raises the water level. I don't, I need to be sold on Tom Thibodeau. I don't even know if you can. Well, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, heck if, if you told me that tomorrow, Jeff Van Gundy would take the job. Or the former Memphis coach, Fizdale? Hey, go for it. I mean, it's not my money. Do I think Glenn Taylor is eating $24 million? Plus, if you if you fire Tibbs, you're eating the contract of Scott Layden, who makes millions of dollars. Not quite Tom Thibodeau's $8 million a year. But Scott Layden makes seven figures. So we're looking at a number around $30 million. No right-minded owner would eat that sort of contract, especially if is I still Is he a right-minded think, owner? Well... Can we confirm that he's a right-minded owner? Well, he rescued owner? the franchise, right? I mean, I don't know how long of a leash you get for that, but I remember was, this I franchise was, was going to New sure. Orleans. <laughs> so he still deserves some love for that. I still think they're making the playoffs. They're in a good spot tiebreaker-wise. Do you fire the coach who brings you back to the playoffs, even if you have better than a 50% chance on a yearly basis? Eight out of 15 teams in the West make the playoffs. You look at the landscape this year... The Mavericks were all about tanking. The Kings were all about tanking. The Suns were all about tanking. I don't think the Lakers had much of an interest in winning a lot of games this year. So, I mean, just on the surface, at the beginning of the year, you had an excellent chance to make the playoffs. But that being said, are you really firing the coach that brings you back to the postseason for the first time in 14 years? But do I think he's an excellent coach? No. I also, though, and I brought this up a number of weeks ago, on this segment, and Jed, I'll let you hop in here in a second, but do we pigeonhole Tibbs too much as a defensive coach? I've had people, heck, George Carl, in fact, George might be on the podcast later today, I've had other smart people in the NBA tell me, you underrate Tibbs as an offensive coach. Disagree. What are they right now? Top five? But Doogie. They don't take enough threes. I get it. They no, are, no, they are dead last in Doogie. the NBA in threes attempted. Okay. I get it. But if I told you, okay, so forget about, forget about, forget about how many points they score and forget about their net rating for a second. The Wolves take the most closely contested shots of any team in the league, and they take the fewest wide-open shots. That tells me that scheme is not the reason why they're successful offensively. It's just sheer talent of Towns and Butler and when Crawford gets hot. Well, they are fourth in the NBA in free throws attempted. 
So if you're taking contested shots, that means you are maybe initiating contact. They do get to the free throw line. That would be the comeback to that. But I understand where you're coming from. It's just it's hard for me to nitpick the offense. To me, 98% of their issues start and end on defense. Sure. So let, let's go. Welcome, beyond. welcome Judd. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fun to be involved. So let's go beyond last night, though, because last night's a bad loss, and I get all that. Uh, but this is certainly not, Doogie, a new story here as, as far as reaction to Tibbs and a feeling that it's it's been a less than positive adventure so far. You do a lot. You talk to a lot of people with that team. So let me ask you this. Wow. Be- because this is not. It's not like a okay. lot of people are open books on that no, team. No, 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 no. I know that. But, this but, isn't but the my, Flip Saunders my, era. Right, right. But my question, my question is not going to lead you down the path of giving a definitive a statement about player moves or what might take place next. It's this. We are long out of the era of Lombardi, iron fist, you do what I say, and if you don't, you're in a lot of trouble. And, oh, but by the way, now you're scared. All right. It's 2018. The NBA is the ultimate players league. Of the people you talk to in the franchise, how many people respect Thibodeau and actually want to work for him. Because you don't need to be liked. Like's the wrong word. But I do think you need to be respected, and I do think in 2018, in a lot of cultures, workplace cultures, people need to want to work for you, and they can't work because they're afraid of you. What is your sense at Target Center of the amount of people who who enjoy and relish the, the opportunity to work for Tibbs? It is not nearly as bad as the perception presents itself, if that makes any sense. His work ethic is off the charts. He may claim he has some hobbies. As far as I know, he doesn't have a significant other. He doesn't have any kids. I mean, he may like to go to a movie or a baseball game on occasion, but basketball is his life. So whether I talk to Jamal Crawford, others, they respect that a ton. They feel like game plan-wise, preparation-wise, nobody is going to outwork Tibbs. So because of that, If he's in there at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., grinding until 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, I mean, heck, he was unaware a couple weeks ago that we had a big snowstorm. You know, I mean, he lives right there, down there in downtown Minneapolis. I mean, he's just, he's holed up. He doesn't have windows to look outside. I'm telling you. Because Joe Schmidt, our friend, my boss, sat down with him for a while for an on-camera interview, and they talked for a while off-camera. I'm just telling you, Tibbs was, was borderline surprised at the weather outside. That's how invested he is in trying to get them to play the way he wants them to play. But I get it. He comes across as incredibly miserable. There is a thought that the team takes on the coach's personality. For sure. Smile every once in a while. How about this? How about after last night? It's on me. Have we once ever heard him say, no, Never. Never. I need to happen. do a better job. Deflect credit, even if, shoulder even if blame. Those words fall on deaf ears, right? But a lot of coaches say it. Brad Stevens has said it this year. And heck, look at the injuries Boston has had to deal with. I told you this. Early in the season, they're still a good defensive team. With Kyrie Irving and Jason Tatum, a rookie, who I think is fabulous. But you look at that collection, how the heck are they a great defensive team? Brad Stevens is just an excellent coach. Maybe that's the wrong bar. Because to compare anybody to Brad Stevens might be unfair outside yeah. of Pops. They might Kerr, still get guys. to the NBA Finals without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. Because they might. That well I still coached. like Toronto or Cleveland. But yeah, they might. But I'm just saying, preparation-wise, nobody's going to outwork him. But yeah, I mean, just every once in a while. 
Just crack a smile. But out was some self deprecation. Like here, and take here, some my, blame, accept some blame. My biggest beef in that area, grinding and outworking. That's not what a great leader and a great teacher needs to do first and foremost. Have your stuff down, and that's awesome. If you can't communicate it and you can't empower players to take your message and your philosophies and and gel on the court, like I highly doubt that Tom Thibodeau is looking at this project and saying, "Yeah, this is exactly." Like, Muddy it up. I mean, his teams are muddy in nature going back to Chicago, but there's such a disconnect after two years between what he wants, obviously, because he complains after every game that they're not tough enough, they're not physical enough, we don't mm-hmm. do this, got to want it more, and, mm-hmm. and it's all these sort of vague hockeyisms. And I'm looking around the league, and I'm seeing other teams, and like the blueprint for what a great coach looks and sounds and teaches like, Quinn Snyder, Dwayne Casey, Brad Stevens on a different level, Greg Popovich, Tom Thibodeau does not fit that profile, so he better bring something way above and beyond that makes up for him lurking on the sidelines and throwing his players under the bus, and he doesn't. So like, I think you could put almost any replaceable. Now, he brought Jimmy Butler in as a president of basketball operations, and that's what's going to get them to the playoffs if they clinch this thing. But other than that, I think you could replace him with almost any borderline NBA caliber coach, and they would have 45 wins right now, or 40, whatever it is, 44 wins. I don't think he's raising the water level nearly as much as he would like to think in his head going back to Chicago. I think that's fair. I will say, whether it's Jimmy, Taj, his guys will go to bat for him. Yeah. His guys love him. Jimmy proves that on a weekly basis. Now, I'd love to hear from others if they feel like that Tibbs favors those guys, but I can tell you, the level of communication with Jimmy in particular is off the charts. I mean, they communicate daily. So you talk about Tibbs as a communicator. Yeah, He's got Jimmy in his back pocket on that. He communicates with Jimmy, I can promise you that. Now, like on somebody like Jamal, who's my guy, who I've known for years, one selling point to get Jamal here was, you will play the same amount of minutes you played last year with the Clippers. And He hasn't. But Doogie... The, Not that he hasn't played. Doogie, Doogie, Doogie. But he hasn't. The, thi- the thing with Butler and Tibbs works if this is 1992. This is the problem. You've got two guys, and one's a great player, so that's fantastic. But you've got two guys who are in their own cocoon. And they don't understand why the rest of the world doesn't get it. But the rest of the world involves guys like Cat, who's a fantastic talent. That's my point about Cat staying here. And I I know he can get more here, so he'll probably take it. I get that. He's taking it, yes. Okay, but but you do have to admit, what you have is two guys who are holed up in their own little room thinking to themselves, well, the rest of the people are stupid and they don't understand how, how, why don't they get here at 5.30 a.m. and work as hard as we do? They don't have any ability, though, to process that the rest of the people who they need working for them are like, these guys are crazy. This is the problem. There's a complete disconnect here. I mean, it's not hard to tell. And 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 the disconnect is Butler and Tibbs. And Butler's such a good player, it can be o- overlooked. But at some point in time, when you have Carl Anthony Towns, who's got to be saying, what are these two even doing? That's going to be a problem. Or it is a problem right now. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Yeah, I mean, I think you're... You're on to a bunch of different things. You're not necessarily off base from I mean, what I can gather. It would be like, it's really not kumbaya over there. No, I mean, no. We talked about Wiggins a few weeks ago. Right. It is far from kumbaya. I think what's going to be interesting. But this is a problem about people as much as players or more so about people. Yeah, I know where you're going with it. Yeah. You yeah. know, this yeah, isn't no, a rotisserie league case. basketball yeah. team. Here's to me where it gets interesting. They can sign Jimmy Butler to a big money extension as soon as this summer. They make the offer, okay? He might say, no, I'll wait. Let me see this thing play out. So what happens after next year? This time, next year. 
Does Jimmy potentially go to Tibbs, then to Glenn Taylor through his agent, Bernie Lee, and say, we can't win here. I don't want Carl Anthony Towns. I certainly don't want Andrew Wiggins. Then what takes place? That, to me, mm-hmm. is the unknown. And are you comfortable going all in on Jimmy, who has played a lot of minutes? There's a lot of wear and tear there. Do you want to pay Jimmy Butler a ton of money as a 32-year-old, as a 33-year-old? It's a credit to Jimmy that he plays harder than just about anyone. Look at miles traveled on a per-game basis. I mean, nobody plays harder than Jimmy Butler. Do you want to pay him max money at 32, 33 years old? Do you want to go all in on that? So that, to me, is is what's going to be real interesting moving forward. I still think they make the playoffs, but do they accomplish a whole lot if they are the eight seed Tom. and losing four games to Houston? Or if they are the seven seed, losing five or six to the Warriors? You know, that that we can debate. The you only, want to get to a couple other things? Uh, yeah, we have like a minute left here. So go anything else you have, go fire away. Rapid fire. Well, I scoops. saw the Yahoo Sports report about the Twins offering Buxton an extension. We talked about that. Yep. Buxton was offered a six-year deal by the Twins. Not great money. The final two years were team options. Like, if Buxton had said yes to that deal, he would have had to fire his agent. His <laughs> agent would have fired himself if yeah. they said yes. So, what yeah, the Twins offered the twins these guys, and credit to Yahoo for the Kepler note, the Barrios note, I was told by somebody close to Kepler, it wasn't tough for us to say no. Yeah, That the offer was so team-friendly. Hey, credit to the Twins for trying. For sure, yeah. The worst somebody can say is no, so the Twins tried. But it wasn't anywhere in the vicinity of what these guys were looking for. Also, Yahoo noted that they also made extension offers to two other guys. I can tell you they made one to Eddie Rosario. So that would be the new scoop. I was told no on Miguel Sano. I don't know on Jorge Polanco, so I don't know who else it would be. Yeah. So I don't know if it was two. It might have been just one other. But they did make extension offers for sure to Buxton, which we talked about weeks ago. Kepler is a new one. Barrios is a new one. And then I can advance the story saying Rosario is a new one. All right. Doogie, go find his Scoop podcast, 1500ESPN.com, KSTP.com, and uh, look for him all over uh, KSTP's various platforms. We'll see what happens tonight. It'll be fun. I think they win tonight. We'll see. Maybe I'm delusional, but I think they win tonight. Butler's playing tonight. Yeah, Yeah, I think he plays tonight. All right, Dave, what's coming up in stuff next? A big bomb in baseball last night, a sweet pickoff move, and sayonara in Vancouver. Phil Mackey. He tried to be so polished. As a broadcaster, he says weird stuff, but it's almost funny at times. Judd Zolgad. Just from a baseball perspective, I really enjoy him. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Stuff you should know about is sponsored by Cub. Try new quick and easy meals from Cub with so many delicious options. There's something for everyone. Pick up quick and easy meals at Cub or learn more at myquickandeasymeals.com. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, please rise. Men, remove your caps as we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of Stuff You Should Know About. Emotional in Vancouver last night, you say, David? I do say. Do you want to start with that, John? I'd love to, actually. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. I didn't know exactly what you're talking about, I'm talking about Daniel and Hendrick. Or Henrik, their final game at Rogers Arena. Edler down the left wing for Daniel, top of the circle, into the right corner for Henrik. Henrik back to Daniel, takes a slap shot and scores! You couldn't have written a better ending if you found it in a storybook. Daniel Sedin from Henrik in overtime in their final game. 
Rogers Arena. And the Canucks win 4-3. A little misty-eyed there, John. You know, they drove me crazy back in the days when, when the Canucks and Wild were in the same division for years. And then, of course, they played in the 2003 playoffs. The Sedin Twins drove me absolutely crazy. But it is a remarkable story. When, when you consider how rare it is for any one great player now to, to play his entire career with one team, that these Twins played for the Canucks for, what, 17 years now? That is a off-the-charts story. So I didn't get misty. I'm glad they're gone. That's a hell of a story. <laughs> they drove me nuts. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. It's been a little while. Identify this one if you can. Touchdown. <laughs> Did you hear that loud contact? Here it is again. Oh. So he's now hit a bomb in his first game at every level he has played at. Yeah. Do you know what that sounds like to me? Cork bat. I don't think it does at all. That sounds like a guy who's inches away from a call. If that was class double A, his first at bat, first pitch, a three-run bomb for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. He's going to play in the major leagues this year. Oh, yes, he is. If he's already hitting bombs at double A, he's going to play in the major leagues this year for the Mets. One more time. Oh, Oh, that's loud. How about dueling Flair and Tebow here? You go ahead and be Tebow. I'll be Flair. Yeah. (laughs) Feels pretty good, doesn't it? Feels really good. So yesterday, the Cubs were in Milwaukee taking on the Brewers. Uh, First inning, couple outs, Ryan Braun gets a walk from John Lester, advances to first, and decides, you know what? I'm just going to go to second, too, because Lester doesn't pick off and no one's paying attention. So he just takes the walking lead and scoots over to second base. No problem, no throw, no issue at all. And couple pitches later, Ryan Braun says, you know, I could probably do that again. Still not really paying attention to me. Just take the walking lead and scoot on over to third, right? It should be easy. Step off. There he goes again. Takes off for third. The throw there. Got him. And uh, Chow is just staring him down. <laughs> <laughs> Little smile from Ryan Braun. Get your hands out of that cookie jar, young man. Not only did Lester get that ball over to third on time to get the out. Four hops. He one-hopped it. Oh, did it he? Worked. Oh, he one-hopped it. Worked. The, the bounce pass to the base worked. <laughs> wow. He nailed it. That's so amazing. we're really going to see this now. <laughs> well, no, we're not going to. We have seen so it. The, bounce pass. Like, the consequence of a bounce pass to first base is, well, the runner's going to move to second or maybe third. But if you bounce pass it to third, that run scores. Yes. All right, um, or else the third baseman gloves it and tags him out. It's true. No, this is gonna. This is a disastrous idea. It is. It's gonna happen like it's in all, the World yes, Series where he's gonna throw a bounce pass to second base, oh. scoring the winning run. Well, if he's still in the if he's still in, in the game in the ninth inning with a runner on second base, he's. You know, I don't know what that scenario would be, but it's gonna happen. I love a good newspaper mistake. Uh, in today's edition of the uh, <laughs> the Denver, uh, what do we call it? The Denver Post. Oh, yeah. Denver Life Post. and culture section. All right. Yeah. It's home opener day for the Rockies. So, uh, um, you know, above the fold, the ultimate visitor's guide to Coors Field and giant lettering and a big old photo that takes over up at least half the page. And that photo is of Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. 
Whoops. With the big Philly <laughs> sign above the scoreboard. That's what happens when when uh, you, you get bought by a company that lays off most of your newsroom staff. Wow. Which is what happened to the Denver Post. Wow. This you sounds have like made, right now. You have major mistakes. <laughs> I like this story. The story of David Simon, a uh, basketball player. He's from the U.S. He's been playing in Europe, Asia since about 2005. He's been playing in Korea for a couple years. He's 35 years old. He's six foot seven, a journeyman center. But as of next year, he will no longer be allowed to play in Korea. Do you have any idea why? Uh, I, I I believe I saw this anecdote. You want me to answer it? He's too tall. As of next season, which begins in October, one of the two overseas players that each KBL team is allowed to have on their roster, one can be no taller than six foot six, the other can be no <laughs> taller than six foot one. He's out at six seven. Really? Yes. That seems that's I mean, awfully discriminatory. Yeah. It's, I mean, seven feet maybe, but six six. Come Just on. Now six seven. Or six seven. He's Come six, on. Seven. No, yeah, right. Six, it's six not fair. Is your limit. It's not fair. I'm saying. Um. I, I don't usually like to do this, but I feel we probably should. Circle me bird. Yeah. Circle me now. You know what today is, right? Yeah. Is, his birth, is, it, is it his birthday today? Oh, it's today? his birthday? 67. Happy birthday. And they're not playing. Day. They're not playing. And they're not. So we don't have to listen to the whole telecast of him no. talking about his birthday. 67 did, years young. He did it yesterday. Oh, did he? They ended. The, in fact, during the post game, they signed <laughs> off with him saying, don't forget to wish me a happy birthday tomorrow. <laughs> I'm he he's he's how old? Sixty-seven. I'm sixty-seven years old, six foot one, and I was born in Holland. I'm a I made, Hall of Famer. I made five hundred career appearances. <gasps> <and I made rules. laughs> the ultimate last bird telecast should be him reading his own stats. And let's just wrap this up with the, the biggest work uh, in combat sports history. Do you want to be in business with Conor McGregor right now? Do you want to chase this guy around for interviews and and buy his fights? Do you? Yeah. No, I don't think I don't think anybody is, is going to want to right now. I, I I think that after this disgusting, despicable move, I think everybody's relationship with Connor is going to be not so great. Disgusted with him right now. Completely disgusted. Oh, Connor was absolutely throwing things. Oh yeah. I think Connor's the one that threw the chair through the bus window. Dana White, he's disgusted, boys, yeah. and he just happened to have like a whole hour to join Greeny and Beetle and Jalen in studio for Get Up today. Just, I mean, just happened to have that hour right it's before no the It's no coincidence UFC that so Dana White and Vince McMahon have sort of a respectful rivalry with UFC WWE. Brock Lesnar contract coming up here pretty shortly. There's some speculation he might go back to UFC. It's WrestleMania week. It's Masters week. It's baseball opener. Dana White is taking a page from Vince McMahon 101. Go make a headline with some stunts and turn the attention on UFC when other entities are in the middle of big events. It's 101, absolutely a staged event. It Maybe it wasn't like fully planned out, but it's, hey, Connor, you know, uh, if we want to get your fight worth up to like $10 million, we need to do something to create some angst and create some, right. some buzz. So. Let's start. Uh, let, let's get you arrested first and foremost. Let's start. Let's start uh, doing some things that are going to get more headlines and drawing more attention. It's a hundred percent staged, guaranteed. I'm so disappointed by that. Here, I thought it was all real. No, it's absolutely not. <laughs> Here, I absolutely really thought not. Connor got that upset. No, um, 
We should do a Masters update when we come back here. Always this ready. Looks like the uh, top of the leaderboard is shape-shifting quite a bit here. Also, Johnny K from Denver on the Wolves-Nuggets game from last night. Chris Singleton talking twins in the 11 o'clock hour as well, plus game show Friday. It's Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They're so mentally unsound that they need some inspiration. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. MLB The Show 18 is now out. Still playing the show 17? Transfer your saves over to MLB The Show 18 and continue road to the show and your franchise. Home runs, steals, and epic catches get into the action and experience the best of baseball. MLB The Show 18, welcome to the show. Rated E for everyone. And you can win your very own copy right now on the 1500 ESPN stream player. Thank you, Dave. Hello, friends. Hello, Judd. Hello, Phil. Hello, Dave. Hello, Judd. Hello, Phil. Let's see what's happening at the Masters. We'll go to the 1500 ESPN Masters scoreboard update desk with Dave Harrigan. Wow. What has happened? to young Jordan Spieth. Leader heading into the day, he is through three holes and now three over par for the day. Struggle bus. Which drops him from six under at the start to now three under and in a tie for third place because we have a tie atop the leaderboard at first between Matt Kuchar and Rory McIlroy at four under par. Mm. Below them, along with Spieth, you will find Henrik Stenson, yes. Patrick Reed, Charlie Hoffman and Adam Hadwin at three under. Uh, below that, you will still find Tony Finau and Phil Mickelson, who is even for the day through four holes at two under par. Yes. Splendid. <laughs> Splendid. What a, what a leaderboard it is. Thanks, Judd. That's all I have to say about this. Well, thank you. Because I'm still mad about the Wolves, just like you are. Okay. I feel like Judd really doesn't know what to say here and that he's just trying to fill space <laughs> and time with well, his voice well, my instead good, of bringing something my actually good, my good friend I have nothing to bring to the table right now because it's not even moving day yet at the Masters oh I'm excited for moving day when you look at the leaderboard and it's star studded Jordan <laughs> Spieth can he come back after a fallen Friday will Tiger Woods who just snuck in under the cut line, pull some magic out of his bag. All of that and more. From Augusta, it's the Masters on CBS. I can't wait. That's the only thing I'm looking forward to this week. It is Jim Nance, scripted excitement. And then heading back to the 18th, where I will speak in hushed tones for the next five hours. Actually, it won't be five hours because we're not really legally able to televise more than five minutes of the Masters on CBS where a bunch of silver-haired foxes with green jackets will slap us with lawsuits. Guys named Hootie. <laughs> is, that the, is that the guy's name? The Hootie, Hootie J Johnson. Johnson right? The big the, fish. Yeah, he, he yeah. was, I think he, he was in charge when the uh, protest took place. He when was. Martha okay. Burke was trying to get yeah. on the grounds and they were very upset. Let's uh, let's take. Is Johnny K in Denver still, or did he make the flight back? No, I do not know. Well, we're going to talk to him. Know. He was in Denver last night for Wolves and Nuggets. Wolves and Lakers tonight. Uh, Johnny K will shed some light on the locker room from after the game and the general state of the Timberwolves as they try to grind out their first playoff appearance 
in 14 years. Chris Singleton will join at 1130. We'll talk some twins with him. And it's Game Show Friday. Mackie and Judd.